Luke chapter 23. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is king, is Christ a king. And Pilate answered him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. And then Pilate said to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at the time. I'm not going to read all of this for time's sake, but I want to I try to focus on this, that Pilate is going to have to do something with Jesus. You and I are going to have to do something with Jesus. I believe that Pilate in this Scripture, also in the book of Luke, Pilate is going to put two people before the people. He's going to say it like this in one scripture, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus? So I want to just try to focus on that thought, that each one of us, you know, we could look at it from the perspective of Barabbas. And maybe sometime we will. But for today, I want to look at it from the perspective of Pilate. Today, I want to, I want to think about what are we going to do. We're going to read what the crowd is going to do. We're going to read what the multitudes are going to do. But what are you going to do? You know, when we come down to the end of the way, what's going to matter is what have you done with Jesus? What's going to matter is what do you say about Him? What's going to matter is today, I, I, I believe this in reality, I believe this really is true, that there's two set before us. There's a Barabbas set before us, and there is Jesus set before us. So let's, let's think, and, and we're going to be going back and forth between Luke 23 and, and Matthew 27. So Luke 23, the first thing we see is all these people bringing Jesus, and, and, and Pilate, Pilate says, I find no fault in him. I can't find anything wrong with this man. I don't find anything, uh, verse number 4, I find no fault in this man. If you would like to turn with me to Matthew chapter 27, verse number 15. Now at that feast, so this is the Passover feast, Matthew 27, verse 15. The governor, Pilate, was wont to release. Uh, that means that it was the custom. It was the custom that he released into the people a prisoner. 
a prisoner who, uh, whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore they gathered together, uh, uh, were gathered together. Pilate said unto them, Whom will you that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? So who is Barabbas? John says he's a robber. Matthew and Luke says he's an insurrectionist that he's a murderer, that he committed murder during the insurrection, rose up against the government. He's a rebeller against authority. He hates authority. And he is going to rebel against that. That's in me. And that's in you. That's in every one of us to rebel against authority. And let me tell you, you don't have to be 30 years old. Jesus is about 33 years old. I really don't know how old Barabbas is, but I do know this, <coughs> that the rebellion begins at an early age. Rebellion begins long before 30, long before 13. I tell you, I believe that rebellion begins maybe even before 3. I know it does. So Pilate has this option before the people. Now let's, let's make ourselves Pilate or the people. Let's bring ourselves into this situation. So who shall I release? Pilate says, who shall I release unto you? Jesus, who is called Christ, or shall I release unto you the notable prisoner? And I'd like for you to just think about this. Jesus is not in prison. Pilate's in prison. Why is Pilate in prison? The law has condemned him. The law has condemned every one of us. We are rebellers against the law. So I ask you today, do you want Pilate to be released? Would you like for Pilate, who has committed murder, who has been a rebeller, and John says who is, who is a robber, would you like for that man to be released in your neighborhood? Would you like for the authorities to release a man who is a known murderer, who is a known rebeller against authority, and who is a robber? Now you know you might say this, well, he's never robbed at my house. We'll just give him opportunity and give him time and he'll rob you. He'll rob you of your joy. He'll rob you of eternal salvation. He'll rob you of, of an abundant life. He'll rob you and that rebeller, that robber, that murderer is you. That one that rebels against authority, that one that is imprisoned by the law, that one who has already been condemned, that one who the law and the Word of God has already brought us under condemnation, that man is you. The Bible says in the book of Galatians that we were all shut up. You know where, you know where Barabbas is right now? Barabbas is in prison. 
The Bible said that the law shut us all up. We were all shut up by the law. We were all in prison by the law. And we were there until the, the, the purpose of the law. What was the purpose of the law? To point us unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we'll just read that. Galatians chapter number 2 or chapter number 3, I believe. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 22. Now remember, Barabbas the murderer, the rebeller, the robber is in prison. Now I want you to take that natural picture and I want you to apply that spiritually. Read with me. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. But the Scripture had concluded, that word means to shut up. But the Scripture has shut all up under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given unto them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. The word there means to hem in or to guard. So I ask you this. Where's Barabbas? He's in prison. Is there a guard there? Yes, there's a guard. And there's a guard that cannot let Barabbas out of prison until the Word is brought forth. But for you and I, we were shut up under the law. The Word of God brought condemnation on me. The Word of God showed me my guilt. The Word of God showed me that I was a murderer. The Word of God showed me that I was a rebeller. The Word of God showed me that I was a robber. And friend, the reason that the Word of God shut me up in prison is that I might see my absolutely hopeless condition. I'll tell you this, friend. If Barabbas is released, tomorrow he'll be worse than he is today. If Barabbas is released in your neighborhood, it won't be somebody else that will be murdered tomorrow. It may be you that's murdered tomorrow. If you've never been robbed by Barabbas, a friend and I'm sure, I have all confidence, spiritually speaking, that every one of us have been robbed by Barabbas. Our joy has been taken away. Our conscience has been seared. We've found ourselves guilty before God. We've come and tried to pray. And Barabbas has been there and prevented us because the Barabbas is you and I and we are that Barabbas. And I tell you what, the only hope that there is is that Jesus Christ be released in your life and Barabbas die. Listen. What should have happened to Barabbas is he should have died for his sin. He should have died for his rebellion. He should have died for his robbery. He should have died for his murder. That is what should have happened. But the only way he was set free was because Christ took his place. So we're shut up under the law. Who's in prison? Christ is not in prison. Barabbas is in prison. 
shut up under the law. Listen, just a little bit more in Galatians. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up until faith, which afterwards should be revealed. (laughs) You know something? Why, Why was He there? He was there because the law condemned Him. He was there because that's where He should have been. He was there because of His own condemnation. He was there because of the way He lived. I was there. You were there. Every one of us, by the Word of God, we were under the law. We were shut up. We were in prison. We were going to hell. We had no hope, no no, no means of escape. But you know what the law did? Uh, the law brought me to faith uh, that I might cast my care, that I might look to the Lord Jesus Christ, that I might be released from prison because of Him. So the law... We were shut up under the law until faith in Christ might come. So Matthew 27, they had a notable prisoner shut up, held by the law. Let me tell you this, friend. Outside of Jesus Christ, you're going to pay. The law is going to require payment for your sin. And I don't care how you try to get out of it, how you try to slide it off of you, how you want to put it on this man or that woman or this person over here, you shall never ever get out. You know that I, 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 believe, I believe through history and maybe even today, I believe it's today, I believe it happens today, that there's people take the fall for others. They're hoping down the road they'll be exalted. Whether it's in the drug business, whether it's in the mafia, whether it's in the prostitution business, whatever it may be, I believe there's people way down on the list and they take the fall for the man higher up on the ladder. But let me tell you this, you're going to fall for your own sin. You are going to pay for your own sin. When you and I come and we've never cast our cares on the Lord Jesus Christ, there's coming a day that you won't be able to point it off on nobody else. There's nobody else going to take the fall for you. It'll be either this, either you put your faith and trust in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or you shall be your own fall guy. You will pay the payment for your sin. And Barabbas, by the law, by what's right, not by some custom, but by what was right, a Barabbas should have stayed in prison until death fell on him. Got a notable prisoner. You know something outside of Jesus Christ today? You are. You are in prison today. You're in prison to your lust. You are in prison to your own desires. You are in prison to your hatred. You are in prison today to religion. You are in prison today. And there is no freedom outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every man is a prisoner by his own choice, by his own doing. And the honest of God truth is he can't help himself. And they had a notable prisoner. 
Pilate said in 27, 17, Matthew, Therefore they were gathered together. Pilate said unto them, Whom will you? Who would you that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. I believe you could find this picture in John chapter number 11. John chapter number 11, verse number 47 and following. Jesus has done great and mighty miracles. Honest to God, in chapter number 11, one of the greatest miracles in my mind that has been recorded in the Word of God was a man who had been dead for three days, four days, and by now he stinketh. A man who Jesus Christ raised from the dead. A notable miracle has been done, and we cannot deny that. That's what the Pharisees and the, and the scribes and the great men and the chief priests said. John chapter number 11, verse number 47, Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees at council and said, What do we? You know that's going to come to your house, friend. What do we? What are we going to do? Listen to the context. What do we? For this man doth many miracles, and, and, and we let him alone... All men will believe on Him, and the Romans shall come and take both our place and nation. You know what the scribes and the Pharisees and the chief priests want to do? We need to get rid of this Jesus. He raised a man from the dead. And I, I remind you of this in the book of Acts. The man at the beautiful gate that was made to, to run and to leap and to praise God. You know what they said about him? They went off by their said and they by themselves and they said this: a notable miracle has been performed. We cannot deny. We can't deny that there's been a great miracle performed. But I ask you this: what do these people want? They want to get rid of the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to do away with the Lamb of God. They want to do away with a man who can raise the dead, a man who can give sight to the blind. They want to get rid of Him. And you know why they want to get rid of Him? The same reason that people push Christ away, service after service after service. A friend, because if we allow Him to go on, if we allow Him to continue, if we allow Him to take over, and we're going to lose our place. We're going to lose our stand. We're going to lose our prestige. I mean, right now, everybody's looking at us and thinking, you know, I wish I could be like them. I wish I was like the Pharisee. I'm glad I'm not a publican. I wish I could be so smart as they are. I wish I could keep my life in tune like they are. Let me tell you this, friend. They are lost and undone and on the road to hell. They can't even see of the blindness and the darkness of their own lives. They want to kill the Son of God. And you know why? They're going to lose their position. <coughs> They're in a place where everybody looks at them and thinks how great they are. Listen, they are great in the flesh. 
They are separatist. They don't partake with this and or that one or the other. They have no love in their heart though. They fast twice in a week. Fasting was required one time in a year. They're blowing themselves up. They look wonderful, don't they? But the honest to God truth is, they don't want the Lord because they're going to lose their place. They're going to lose their position. They're going to lose. They're going to lose the fact that everybody's going to start following him and not following me. I mean, if this man continues, we've got to get rid of him or we're going to lose our status. That's what's in the heart of every individual. All of mankind has got that in the heart. Man does not want to humble down. Man wants to be religious and man wants to be looked at and praised by other men. But I ask you this, friend, what does God think about you? I'm afraid today that we're a bunch of Barabbases. I'm afraid today that multitude of people sit on the church pew that are lost and undone, shut up under the law, are robbers and murderers and insurrectionists. And friend, we think uh, somehow we're going to get by. I'll tell you this, friend, uh, the reason they want rid of the Lord and the reason they want to turn a Barabbas loose is because if he continues, I'm going to be under condemnation. Let me get rid of this man. This man bothers me. Hearing about this man brings condemnation on me. Seeing and hearing what this man does uh, brings me to the place that I must recognize this must be the power of God. This must be the Son of God. This must be the Messiah. I mean, a man that can raise one phrase from the dead. Four days he's been in the tomb. A friend there he speaketh. His sister said, Lord, you can't open that up. Oh, I'll tell you, he said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. If any man believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believest thou this? What are you going to do with Jesus? Is Christ going to be released in your life? Or would you rather the robber, the murderer, the rebeller, would you rather Him be released in your life and in your neighborhood and in your heart? The truth is, folks, He's already there. He's already in the heart. He's already there outside of Jesus Christ. You know what He is? I tell you in, in, in Matthew probably about chapter number 12, He's the strong man. Barabbas is a type of the strong man. He sits there and he's on the throne of a man and a woman's heart. And friend, until the Lord Jesus Christ comes by and gets him off of the throne, I'll tell you what you'll do. You'll choose Barabbas day after day after day after day. And I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll get worse. He'll rob you more tomorrow than he did today. The truth is... Mm. What's the right word from stealing inside the company? Embezzling. Embezzling. He's an embezzler. See, he lives within you. 
And He's stealing from you all the time, but you don't realize it. You don't know. You have no idea how much He has stolen from you already. My God, if we could see the bottom line of what we could have in the Lord Jesus Christ and realize today that He's an embezzler taken away and stolen from us from day one. And friend, I tell you what He'll do. And He'll come down to the end of the way and He'll steal your soul. He'll bankrupt you. He doesn't let you see the whole book. He lets you see what you want to see. And all the time, your life is going into the red. Into the red. Into the red. More and more so every day. He's a robber, a murderer. He's just like the devil. Now, the devil was a robber and a liar from the beginning. That's exactly what is dwelling in you outside of faith in the Lord Jesus. Who shall I release unto you? Pilate, there's his question. They got a notable prisoner. Pilate, Pilate says this. You know, I, I, I would say this. You know what people do? You come by and you show them. You show them the books. I remember you saying it not long ago. You told a man, hey, some bells and what's going on here. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, you, 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 you look how upstanding they are. Look how upright they are. Look how good they look and how they care. Oh, it's all a front. It's all a show. All of that is put on so they can rob you. All of that is put on so they can swindle you. All of that is put on so down at the end of the way you'll be bankrupt and lift your eyes in hell of a cause Barabbas. You know what the Lord did? The Lord opened the books. The Lord said, look, I want you to look at the book. Don't just look over here on the page that Barabbas wants you to look at. Don't just look over here at the page where sin for a season is pleasurable. Don't just look over here where everything's going rosy. I'll tell you this, friend. God said, let me show you the bottom. Let me show you the bottom line. Let me show you the end of the book. Let me show you what happens in the end. Let me show you a past today. I'll tell you, God Almighty, open the eyes of Father of those that were there. I'll tell you that day that Pilate's eyes were open. That day, ladies and gentlemen, the blindness was taken away. But I say this, that man shuts his eyes and man stops his ears and man doesn't want to hear. I say to you today, if that's what you see as darkness, how great is the darkness? What are you going to do with Jesus? A notable prisoner, who shall I release to you? He knew that for envy, for their influence, their power, their position, their honor, their, their lordship, people worshipped him. 
It's honest to God truth. There's a pile of people worshiping going on today. There's one that we ought to worship. God. But their blindness and their envy and their what was in their heart and their desire to be recognized and their position blinded them. Blinded Pilate to who was standing before him. I want to try to hurry. I'm so uh, I, I want to go back to Luke right now. Back to Luke 23. So the questions come, and here, verse number 7. Herod finds out, or Pilate finds out, that Herod's in town. And this man's a Galilean. I'm going to send him down to Herod and let him decide. Let me tell you this, friend. You might pawn it off on somebody else. And you might say today that's for Colin, or today that's for Barbara, or today that's for Trish. But let me tell you this, friend. You may try to get him off of you. You may try to get the responsibility off of you. You may try to get that off of you. But I want you to know this. In a day or two, he'll be back. A friend, in a day or two, Herod is going to make fun of him. Herod is going to be just as guilty as Pilate is. Herod's going to make fun. Herod's going to make a mockery out of him. And I'll tell you what the Bible says in the end. And it's sent him back. A friend, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to deal with this man today or at the end. Either way. You're going to have to deal with him. What are you going to do with him? Now, you tell me. Has Pilate got a conscience? Does he know this man is innocent? By his own words. Look what else he's got. He's got a companion. You see her? Oh, yeah. You see her? Yeah. What does she say? Have nothing to do. Now, Pilate, Luke 23, Pilate knows he's innocent. Pilate sends him off to Herod. And back over in back over in, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 27 and verse number, verse number. 18, Pilate's conscience says, for envy. For envy they delivered him. Also, Pilate's wife says this, when he sat down on the judgment seat, she sent to him. And she said, having nothing to do with that just man. You know what she's saying? He's an innocent man. He's a just man. He's an upright man. I've suffered many things tonight, uh, this night in a dream about this man. I'll tell you, friend, you've got a conscience. You've got somebody, a friend that's a companion to you. I'll tell you, I believe down in the depths of your heart today. A friend, you and I are going to have to make a decision as what to do with Jesus. We're going to have to either choose Barabbas to be turned loose again out of prison into our lives, into our neighborhood and destroy us and bring robbery upon us and murder us in the end or we're going to have to believe our conscience and what God is saying to us by more than one witness. What are you going to do with this man? Pilate's got his own conscience. He's got a wife. Could it be 
that the companion to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to you today? Could it be the companion that goes with the Word of God could speak to you today? Could it be, a friend, that you would release Jesus Christ into your life and keep Barabbas in prison? Could it be that Barabbas needs to be put to death today? I believe he's got a conscience. He's got a wife too. He's got a wife that sent him a word. And the Bible said, I have suffered many things. Have nothing to do with that just man. I've just suffered many things in a dream because of him. Oh, I tell you, here, here's another word. I bet the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Luke. So he's gone to Pilate. He's gone to Herod. And by the Word of God, the Bible said in verse number 11, And Herod with his men of war set him at naught, mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again unto Pilate. <laughs> you know something? Pilate can't get rid of this man. Pilate can't get this man off of his hands. I tell you what he's going to do. Our friend, he's going to give in. He's going to give in to the cry. I believe there's a cry down in the depths of his heart. There's a cry coming from his wife. But I'll tell you, there's another cry. There's a cry from the multitude. There's a cry from religion. There's a cry from the chief priest and the Pharisee. There's a cry from pride. There's a cry from, from that multitude. Our friend that looks at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and makes think there's some great there's a cry coming from them what about from within you what about the cry from within you what do you say to that cry you know Herod and Pilate were enemies this day they become friends isn't that something? The sinner and the sins and the devil and the lies and the wickedness and the robber and the murderer will all join together to reject Jesus. What are you going to do with this man? What are you going to do with him today? Luke 23.17 For of necessity he must release one of them at the feast. And they cried all out all at once saying away with this man and release unto us Barabbas who for a sedition made in the city and for a murder was cast into prison. Pilate, willing to release Jesus, saith unto them, saith, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify Him. You know something? Outside of the revelation and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you'll say the same thing. You'll say away with this man. Crucify this man. I want nothing to do with this man. You know why I, you know why I cry that? Because of my sin. 
Because He brings condemnation on me. Because He reveals what my life is really like. I've been with He reveals that I really am a Barabbas. He reveals unto me that I really am an embezzler. He reveals unto me that I am an extortionist. He reveals unto me that I am a murderer. He reveals unto me that I am a robber. He reveals unto me that I am a rebellion against God. Let's get rid of this man. That's what our world wants today. And you know something? There's nothing any different in the church today. If you're unsaved, you want to get rid of this man. This man brings condemnation on me. This man brings guilt upon me. This man calls for me to live a different life. This man calls for me to have something that was spoken of earlier in the service today about having a love. This man calls for a love that forgives. Calls for a love to love your enemies. How to pray for them who despitefully usually. Our friend, I'll say this. For me to do that, you know what I'm going to have to have? Somebody else is going to have to move in besides Barabbas. What are we going to do with him? Well, I tell you what, you may get rid of him today. I hope and pray you don't. I hope and pray today that you have to come to him. I hope and pray today that your life is eternally and everlastingly chained. I, I, I pray today that Barabbas would be shut up in prison. And as Greg said earlier in the service, uh, that there's a mortification of all of Barabbas's deeds in our lives. Uh, that there's a putting to death. That there's a putting to death of that Barabbas. But I'll tell you this, the only way that that will happen is for Christ to be turned loose in your life. He's coming back. And listen, you can't get rid of him. Back to Matthew 27, 24. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, now I want to ask you, is he in authority? He is in authority. He is the man to make the decision. He is the man that says yea or nay. And you as well. And when he saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made. Now listen. Your flesh is going to rebel. But I tell you by the working of the Spirit of God and His Word in your heart, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do today? Listen to what Bob said. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude. Now I want you to look and listen to what a contradiction is here. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude. What did that do? We might say, well, he's declaring his innocence. How can he be innocent when he's going to crucify the Son of God? How can he get rid of the blood of the Son of God when he washes his hands in a basin? This is a show. That's all it is. 
There's nothing here but a show. And I want to tell you today that you can't wash enough to get the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ off of you. Uh, friend, I want you to know today that His blood is either going to be on your hands or on your heart. Either you're going to be saved today or you're going to be shut up in prison and lift your eyes in hell because of the blood of the Lamb of God. You can't wash His blood off of you. I'll tell you, it'll have to be on your heart and off of your hands. If it's not on your heart, it's on your hands. You can't wash it off. I believe it's just like down at the bank. You're going to grab all of that money. You're going to run down the highway with it. You can't see it. But when you start handling it, it's going to leave its mark on you. You're going to be caught up with. You can't get rid of that dime. You can't get rid of that marking. You can't spend that money. You can't go to the grocery store with that money. Just exactly, a friend like Achan couldn't use the Babylonian garment. I couldn't use the wedge of gold. He hid it under his tent. And I'll tell you what it did. In the end, he was stoned to death. Pilate can't get this off of him. I don't care what he does. Pilate, nor you. Nor can you get rid of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't wash it off. You know what he says? I am innocent of the blood of this just man. You know what he said? I'm going to kill a man who is just. I'm going to crucify a man who is honest. I'm going to crucify. He's going to say, I believe it's in the book of Luke. He's going to say the third time. He's going to say, I say unto them the third time, I find no fault in him. Let me ask you this, friend. What is he going to do with? How is he going to get rid of three times that he's declared he's innocent and he's going to crucify You see, you can't get it off of you. It's on you. It's on you right now. You know who's guilty of the blood? You know why the blood was shed? To cover my sin. To cover your sin. I am innocent. <laughs> How in the world can you be innocent? How can you be innocent? They said in John, John chapter number 18. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm wrong. I guess in Matthew. Yeah, here it is. Matthew 24. Pilate saw it could prevail nothing. He took water, washed his hands before the multitude. Let me tell you this, friend. You better wash your heart and your hands and your feet and your head. And it better be before God. You might as well forget these men sitting here. You might as well forget this little gathering together of church people. You better wash yourself before God. And let me tell you, the only one that can wash you is the Lord Jesus. 
The only one that can bring an atoning work is the blood of the Lord Jesus. You know what they said? Then answered the people and said, His blood be upon us and on our children. I say this, 23.35, listen to the words in Matthew 23.35. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed from upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel under the blood of Zacharias, son of Barcaeus, whom, he slew, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. You know something? They're going to answer for the blood from Abel to the priest, Zacharias. Let me tell you this. We're going to answer for the blood of the Son of God. Let His blood be upon us and on our children. Do you want that? You want the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on your hands? Turn with me if you can or you would. Let's look in the book of Acts for just a second. The book of Acts for just, just a moment. The book of Acts chapter number 2. We've already been here just a day or so ago. But the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse number 23. Him talking about Christ. Here is Peter. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. They wanted His blood on their hands. They got it. They got it. I'll tell you this, friend. It doesn't matter what you do today. Our friend, His blood is on your hands. His blood is upon you today. And you will have to answer for the blood of the Lamb of God being on your hands. Pilate is going to have to answer for this. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. Here you are today. Here you are today. Jesus sits before you. Barabbas is put up in prison. You're shut up under your sins. You're on your way to hell. You're guilty of being a robber and a murderer and an insurrectionist. And I don't mean that physically. I mean that spiritually. I mean that God, a friend, that God has charged us with murder. God has charged us with robbery. The flesh that you've got is a Barabbas who is an insurrectionist, who is a rebeller, who is an embezzler. A friend, I tell you what he is. He's a liar and the father of it from the very beginning and that's dwelling in you. That's the way you think. That's the way I thought. But thank God, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost has come down. Isn't that wonderful? The Holy Ghost has come down, and the Bible says this. Verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made Him, made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Raised Him from the dead. David's still dead, but the Son of David is alive. 
The son of David saw no corruption. David's still in the tomb down there at Jerusalem, but Jesus rose up on the third and appointed morn. Uh, the Son of God is alive and well, and the Holy Ghost has come down. And you know what happened that day? Uh, that day all of those people that were guilty of the blood of the Son of God, they were pricked in their heart. Thank God for the day that He pricked my heart. Thank God for the day that He run a sword of the Word of God. With the power, with the power of the Holy Spirit, He ran after my heart. Showed me I was on my way to hell. I wanted to be saved that day. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that some of these same people who Peter said you crucified the Son of God, that the grace and the mercy and the love of God pricked their heart and they were saved. Today, today could be the day that God which save you. Zacharias, Zacharias chapter number 12, verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of the David, uh, on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplications. 12.10. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as the one as one mourneth for his only son. You know, just a few days ago, family lost a daughter that some of us are somewhat familiar with, maybe familiar with the family. My God, what heartbreak. But you know, there's families that's lost the only child they ever had. Jesus Christ was the only begotten Son of God and was slain by wicked man's hands. And God said, I'm going to pour out on him the spirit of grace and supplication. The day of Pentecost came and I tell you what God did. God poured out on fallen, ungodly, wicked, Barabbas-loving man. God poured out the spirit of grace and supplication and they began to mourn when their hearts were pricked. They began to mourn that they crucified the only Son of God. They began to mourn and to weep and, and to cry out and to beg God for mercy. Would that be you today? They shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one in bitterness for his firstborn. And in that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as in the morning of Hadadaramon, in the valley of Megiddo, at Megiddon. And the land shall mourn every family apart, family of the house of David apart from their wives, family of Nathan apart from their wives. You know what is going to happen? I tell you, you're going to have to mourn for you. You're going to have to answer for you. Pilate can't answer for his wife. I friend, nobody else can answer for you. You're going to have to answer for you. Will you mourn over your sin? 
Will you realize that there's an embezzler living on the inside of you who is a robber who will take everything that you've got? It may look like today that everything's going so rosy and everything's going your way and it may very well be, but know this, there's a day coming that we'll stand before God. What have we done with Jesus? In that day, chapter 13, 1, Zacharias, in that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanliness. Isn't that wonderful? Let me ask you, what did Pilate do? Pilate washed his hands. But Pilate gave in to the voices. Read it with me. Luke. Luke 23. Verse 22. Luke 23, 22. And He said unto them the third time, you know the third time that the rooster crowed. You talk about guilt and shame. Peter failed it. He went out and wept bitterly. What happens the third time that Pilate says? The third time. He said unto them the third time, What evil? I ask you, what evil has he done? (coughs) Why would you reject the Son of God? Why would you turn down the Son of God? You know what he said? He said the only begotten. Mourn for Him as the only Son. You know what He is? He's the only Son of God. He's the only Savior of the world. He is the only begotten of the Father. He is the only mediator between God and man. He is the only sacrifice that ever satisfied God. He is the only one that ever pacified and satisfied and covered the law. He is the only one. There is no other name under heaven given whereby we must be saved. He's the only one. But the voices. Do you hear those voices this morning? Do you hear those voices crying out and saying, Not today? Do you hear those voices that cry out and say, you know, if you were to make your way to an altar and you were broken hearted, you know what you'd have to do? You'd have to throw away everything that you did in the past. Paul said, I counted it all as dumb. Which voice today? Will the voice on the inside of you that cries for you to realize where you are, will that voice today be the one that you listen to? Or will you listen to the voices in your head? Will you reason it out today and turn Barabbas loose again? Who was shut up in prison? What are you going to do with Jesus today?